All right, welcome back to another episode of Baseball Acumen. I am your co-host, Brian. And I'm your co-host, Katie. And I am super excited that we get to do this episode because we talked in our last episode about war and how it's this ability to boil down everything that a baseball player does into a single-digit statistic, like... How is that even possible? (laughs) Yeah. And Katie, you, this episode, will get to explain to us how that's possible. So I am really excited to hear you break down what the formula of war is. And we'll get a little math nerdy here, but it won't be too bad. So follow along with us at home. And I think we'll be able to step you through this. And you'll find that war actually maybe isn't quite as scary as we thought. So... (laughs) Agreed. Yeah, without further ado, Katie, go for it. All right. So the big idea that we're going to start with is for this war calculation, right, this wins above replacement, we're going to calculate it in two different ways, one for pitchers and then one for position players, which is anybody who is not a pitcher. That makes sense, right? They have very different roles on a team, right? Pitchers are doing something very different than any other player on the field. So it makes sense that we have two different calculations. So starting with the position players, they've kind of broken it down into five factors that you need to consider to figure out how much better a player is or how much they're contributing to their team, right? Right. And the way that this is calculated, it's summarized in runs above average is what it's called. So RAA is an acronym you'll see from time to time. Yep. But this whole idea is that in order to get this win above replacement calculation at the end, we need to figure out how many runs they're scoring for their team because scoring runs is how you're going to win a game. Totally makes sense. Exactly. More runs, more wins. Right. Very intuitive. And the way that you score runs, this is where it boils down to those five factors. So the first one is batting. So this is what you're thinking of in terms of your batting average, but also slugging, right? Right. So how often are they getting on base? But then also you're going to get some extra points for hitting a double or triple or a home run. All of those are going to be better than a single, for instance. Totally makes sense. Right. So those are all things that need to be accounted for in batting. Now, once you have batted, then you're going to be on base. But just because you've gotten on base doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to contribute to adding more wins for your team, right? For example, if you've gotten on base and you're really ambitious, really want to steal a base anytime you can, but you're getting thrown out all the time, then you're actually subtracting from the number of wins that your team is going to get, right? Makes sense. So base running, generally what we're thinking of is how often do you successfully steal That'll add to your positive contribution. And how often are you caught stealing? Because that will actually subtract from it. And are there things in that that's also like stretching out like singles into doubles and things like that as well, Katie? Um, There are a little bit. Steals is the major factor in okay, this one. Okay, gotcha. Just because it's right, a little more straightforward to calculate. Yeah. And also really important. But the next one, and this gets at that idea, but is avoiding double plays. So this you're thinking about in terms of a base running statistic. And actually in one of the calculations, which we'll talk about the different formulas exactly in a minute, but in one of them, it's actually incorporated into just the overall base running number. In one of them, it's separate, but they're calculated basically the same way. So this is the idea that once you're on base, are you going to run into a double play? 
So are you going to run as fast as you can? Are you going to be smart about where exactly you're running, right? There's some strategy there. But how often are you going to save your team by the other team not being able to throw two runners out instead of just one, right? Right. So that's kind of a smaller one, but still important to calculate in terms of an overall how many runs is your team going to score. Right. So those are kind of the big ones in terms of offense. So those are the offensive calculations for how players are contributing to their team. So again, it's batting, base running, and avoiding double plays exactly. are the three offensive yep. things. Those okay, are the gotcha. Three. Then you're ready to move into defense. So the first thing about defense is just how good of a fielder are they? So we have something that's called a fielding percentage. And the basic idea behind that is of the balls that are hit within the player's area that they're covering on defense, how many of them are they actually going to be able to get to, convert into an out, whatever it is? And then how many errors are they going to commit? Again, thinking of that positive and negative contributions. Mm -hmm. So fielding, that's one that we already had. But one of the things that's also going to be really valuable, and this is that fifth factor, is thinking about position-specific runs. Ah. So this is the idea that if we want to be able to compare any player across any position, we're going to have to give a shortstop, for example, a lot more credit for what he's doing on the field than the left fielder. Right. Just for example. So this actually will have a fairly big impact in terms of the overall runs above average calculation. But those are the five main factors when we are calculating the runs above average. So again, how many runs is this player going to contribute to their team? Just on the position-specific runs for a second. So are we saying that basically it's calculated based on the number of times that position tends to field a ball or have a ball hit at it? Is that the basic idea there? Yeah, mostly how often they're touching the ball, right? The catcher touches the ball on every play. So the catcher is going to be really important. The shortstop is going to be really important. But also just based on the position that you're in, shortstops are getting a lot more double plays, for example, than Uh, even if a left fielder is really good and can catch one, it's a lot harder for them to get that second out. Oh, okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. And that's actually going to be just an adjuster. So that's not one that's going to change based on who's actually playing shortstop, but there's an adjustment there. We'll talk about that in a little bit. There's also an adjustment for the league that they're in. Mm. Essentially, what it comes down to is the American League has an extra batter in their lineup than the National League does, right? Because the pitcher does not DH versus pitcher. Right. So that's going to adjust how many runs are typically scored in a game. Right. Generally, American League has more runs scored than the National League. Right. So you want to make sure that that adjustment's in there. Again, thinking about comparing all players across all situations. This is where you start to adjust it based on, okay, now that we have how many runs they add to their team above average, how many would the replacement guy give to the team? And this has become standardized, and there is kind of a fake, but for every season, there's a fake player, and they just say, okay, these are the numbers for this fake replacement player. So those are the big calculations. Those are the big ideas behind calculating war for position players. Gotcha. Now, when we move over to pitchers, this is actually a much more simple calculation. So for pitchers, there's basically one factor, and it's calculated the same across any place where you look. It's runs allowed by the average pitcher in nine innings. So they're actually starting with, okay, this is how many runs the average guy would give up in nine innings. Mm. And again, it's based on the season because... 
whether we like it or not, sometimes the baseballs are slightly different one year or whatever. So that's why they're oh, trying sure. to make it yeah, as yeah, situational yeah. as possible. So the runs allowed by an average pitcher in nine innings, you're starting there. And usually it's around five in a given season. Okay. So generally, your average pitcher would give up about five runs. Then you're going to subtract the runs allowed by this pitcher, right? Mm. So if they've only given up on average three runs a game, then they're going to have a really high number up top. And that's going to then be multiplied by the innings pitched. And this is actually Mm. probably one of the most important things to point out in this calculation that people don't think about is that the number of innings pitched show a player, right, a starter who's going seven innings and he's healthy the whole season. He's just inevitably going to contribute more to his team over the course of a season right. than a player who was injured a lot or only goes four innings anytime or something like that. Right. So you take the average number for nine innings, subtract it by this pitcher's average. You multiply it by the innings pitched, and then you divide it by nine. Because that nine number, actually, this is really important, that is typically the number of runs needed to win a game. Right. And it adjusts a little bit. It's anywhere in kind of the nine to ten range. But generally, they say if you score nine runs, you will be winning that game. Right. So that's just kind of the number that's been chosen. And again, they adjust it per season, but generally right around nine. Gotcha. So that's how this, again, runs above average is calculated for pitchers. Mm-hmm. Okay, so now that we've gotten to the runs above average, now we need to think about, okay, how do we get to that idea of wins above replacement? And this is actually fairly straightforward. So again, we're thinking about that there's this 9 to 10 number that's used. Generally, you need to score that many runs to win a game. Okay. So this becomes then just a fairly simple division problem of, okay, if they're going to contribute over the course of a season 60 more runs to their team, divided by 10 becomes six wins above replacement. Got you. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So the other thing that is kind of a big idea to understand about war, to really understand it conceptually, I think, is that you're not just thinking about the runs that this player has scored or will score, right? but also the runs that they create for their team. Okay, what does that mean? So it's not just me, I get a hit, I run across home plate, right? Mm -hmm. At some point, that is a run scored, right? But you're also thinking about how are they contributing? You know, maybe they're a player that's really good at sacrifices, and so they can advance a base runner a lot. Ah, They're going to be contributing to that team, right? They're creating runs, even though they themselves are not scoring them. So this is kind of the idea of how much are they contributing to their team, right? And this actually, every play that happens is going to have a number associated with it, with this is roughly how many runs your team is going to score because you did whatever it was. So for example, the number for a single is generally your team will score 0.47 runs per game if you hit a single, right? In other words, so if you're hitting a single... 47% of the time, right? Yeah. That it's typically turning into a run for your team. Right, yeah. And we would know that anecdotally, right? That's right around 50% of the time. So about half the time a single turns into a run, half the time it doesn't, Hmm. right? Yeah. And so every play that happens, so a double has a number associated with it, a triple does, all that sort of stuff, and obviously they get higher and higher. But the idea that every time a player does something, they are contributing either positively or negatively to their team. Okay. 
Yep. So one thing that I think is really interesting that makes war such a powerful statistic is the idea that this is context neutral. So it tries to take out all of the factors that are outside of a player's control. So a classic example of this is Mike Trout is an incredible player. Mm -hmm. He should not be penalized because throughout his career, he has not been on stellar teams, right? So he should not <laughs> Sorry, have Angels to Sorry, Angels fans. <laughs> yeah, and not, not always, but yeah. has tended to be the pattern, right? Yeah. Have not made to the playoffs very often. But just because his teammates aren't getting on base in front of him or something like that, he shouldn't be penalized because he is creating lots of runs for his team, whether they can take advantage of that or not is a different question. Right. So this one is really powerful in that way. Now, the other thing that was mentioned before a little bit is that these numbers are adjusted for the league, for American League, National League, right? Also for the ballpark. So there's an adjustment. Ah, uh, yeah. And again, different calculations do it slightly differently. But if you're thinking about Coors Field, a player there, if he's good at offense, he would have an inflated war versus somebody who's not, but there are adjusters. Because in. of the thinner air, yep, makes sense, yep. Exactly. So again, because of all of these factors, they've kind of tried to take everything into consideration to even the playing field as much as possible to create that good comparison across all positions, all situations, all of that. Awesome. Now, the last big thing to understand about war is that when you are reading an article, watching a game, and you hear them referencing it, you will often see that there's a lowercase letter in front of the W-A-R. I have always wondered about the lowercase letter in front of yes. W-A-R, like in the stat sheet on MLB.com or whatever. Yeah. Right. And this is because there are three different companies that have their own war calculations. Ah, okay. Now, by and large, it's very, very similar. But Fangraphs is usually the most popular one. You'll see that with a little F in front of the war, right? So for Fangraphs, wins above replacement. This tends to be the most common. Baseball Reference War has a little lowercase r for reference in front of it. Okay. And this is also very common that you'll see. And then every once in a while, you will see Baseball Prospectus. This you'll see as WARP. So it's all capital W-A-R-P. And this is Wins Above Replacement Player. Ah. That's what it stands for. So that one, much less common, but still another more calculation. Now, kind of the biggest differences between these two are with the Fangraphs one, they use in the fielding, they use what is called behind a pitcher fielding independent pitching. So FIP. Mm. And this actually only calculates plays that pitchers are independently accountable for. So they only count strikeouts, walks, and home runs. Right. Because the idea there is that anything that's like a single that's automatically impacted by the defense that's behind them, right? But they want to isolate and say, no, how good is this pitcher when it's just him and the batter? Ah, so those yeah. are the plays in baseball where there are no other factors, right? That's pretty crazy because it feels like that actually eliminates a lot of what the pitcher is doing it from does. the calculation. But like we talked about in our last episode, so much of what happens after the batter hits the ball right. is just up to sort of randomness 
that you can't really blame the pitcher for it one way or the other. So exactly. it's like, what are the things that we really can blame the pitcher for? Yeah. Um, so right. I guess it makes sense, but it does also at the same time kind of feel like, uh, aren't we leaving kind of a lot of stuff out of that yeah, equation? But right. I think for good reason, right? Exactly. That's kind of the tension there is we're trying right, to take right, out right, right. anything that anybody else is impacting, but you do lose some data with that. Yep. So baseball reference then has chosen to use runs allowed, which that's mm. more so just the general calculation of how many runs did that pitcher allow to score while he was up there. Knowing that there is inherently some impact, but... Their argument is it's not enough to really change a player's value. Right, because it's fairly equal from one pitcher to the next what happens once the batter makes contact with the ball, right? Right, exactly. Yeah. So some of the other smaller differences between those two calculations for people who are really interested, so again, this is F-war versus R-war. Sometimes you'll also see that as a little B-war baseball reference. Most commonly are, though. So one is that The differentiation between a strikeout versus any out, one of them counts it as different, one of them doesn't. They also, one of them uses averages for the entire MLB for all of the league. One of them differentiates between National League, American League. Both of them still have that adjuster for the league that they're in. But when you're thinking about the average player, the average whatever it is you're looking at, Sometimes it's across everybody. Sometimes it's by league. Hmm. And generally that doesn't impact things too much, but it is a difference. And then the other one is where those adjusters go in. Does it go in for player-specific stats or does it go in as overall adjusters kind of for the league, Hmm. different things like that? One of them adjusts for interleague play. The other two don't. So that's ah. when, okay, what do you do when an American League team is playing in a National League park or something like that? There is a little bit of a difference there. Again, one says, okay, that is basically negligible. The other one says, well, we might as well account for it. Yeah, I mean, I, I could see where you'd want to account for that because American League pitchers aren't used to hitting as regularly. And if they're playing in a National League park where they're being forced to hit, that's somebody who's not nearly getting as many reps even as their National League counterparts are. So, right, exactly. you know, I could see where that would be a difference. So those, I would say those are the major things that you need to know in order to understand this war calculation just as your average fan listening to them talk about this. Now, I think all of this does beg the question of what's the impact of this war statistic, right? It seems like it's this incredibly powerful tool and it has had a lot of impact on players already, which is awesome on players on how the league is run, all of that. But there's a lot more that we can dig into in terms of its impact and maybe some potential flaws in it, even though it is this incredibly powerful statistic that has kind of taken over. So I think that is what we will get into on our next episode. Yeah, so we'll look into some of that and just look at who historically have been some of the best players of war, and can we really compare players from one generation to the next and that sort of thing. So looking forward to digging into why is war valuable and where are its problems, right? Yeah, exactly. All right, we'll we'll check that out in our next episode of Baseball, Baseball Acumen. Acumen.